Joe presents Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby, together with Guinness. Hello, and you're very welcome to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby, here on Joe, together with Guinness. We are live from the Guinness Open Gate Brewery! We are Baz and Andrew, and we are here to provide you with positive energy and vibes, and most of all, belief that Ireland are going to win on Sunday and they're going to beat every single team that comes in their way and they are going to win Why is the that World funny? Cup! Are you with me? Some people are not as naive as us. Really? Sorry, I think they uh, maybe are operating on the assumption that Scotland have a chance at the weekend. Um, anyway, we have decided that we're going to be positive tonight. We're going to bring that positive vibe and it's going to be infectious. Everybody's going to be positive. Sure, we don't really know much about rugby. Sure, we don't do any statistical analysis at all. Sure, even at times we don't even know the players' names. And sure, there's other podcasts out there that have a problem with real Irish players or us, us being a little bit too liberal. But at least we haven't gone so far left-wing that we're now gone right and we're gone up our own arses and out our mouths into your ears. That is not us. That is not us. No, no, no. That's not us. But you know what is us? What is us? See when the Lions captain gets attacked by a dildo? (laughs) We will bring you that story. Some people believe... Some men from Cork do not have dicks. <laughs> Instead, they have like pieces of plastic covering their dicks. It, 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 we're okay with that. Fine. We're fine with that. That's that fine. Totally no good. problem. We're, just, we're happy to talk about it. No problem. No problem at all. If you get regularly attacked by dildos, if you haven't got a dick, it's fine. <laughs> Even if you're not Irish, we will still support you. You dickless Irish foreigners. <laughs> <laughs> When you put that green jersey on, we are through and through Ireland. Well, you know, how far have we come as a nation? Have we forgotten how far we've come? How many Irish people for hundreds of years have been traveling around the world, trying to integrate with different cultures, different uh, companies, different ways of life? And still to this day, Irish people are trying to get citizenship all over the world. Are we any different here? Do we want these people coming here, taking up our cultures? I mean, there's 32 players in the team. There's 32 counties in the, in the country. Whether you're from Syria, Leitrim, John Klein, uh, Zimbabwe, Moy Ross, England. Maybe not England. Maybe not England. No. But we are inclusive. We want you in that green jersey. And we believe we're going to win the World Cup. Am I right? We are. We've got them. Now they're with us. (laughs) We've won them over. (laughs) We are bulletproof tonight. We're starting the World Cup this weekend, and in eight weeks' time, we will be winning the World Cup. Am I right? (laughs) It's brilliant. Look at them. He's uncomfortable. We're going to use that throughout the night when we get awkward yeah. and forget what we have to do. Is that all right? Yeah. That's, we're just going to revert to that. Look at them. Look at them all. Mm-hmm. It's amazing what we've done, isn't it? <laughs> just a crowd of helpless penguins. 
I, I don't see if, any faces I recognize. I don't know anyone here, but it feels like a family vibe. Yeah. It yeah. feels like, like, like we're their parents, and, and we've just kept having like baby penguins. <laughs> And we keep giving them up for adoption and then just making the same mistake again. You're pregnant with another penguin. Oh, God, Buzz. do. Honestly. We are both parents of multiple children, so we're used to dealing with uh, uh, many children who require our love. So if anyone feels like coming up and being breastfed during the night, uh, <laughs> Andrew is pumping and expressing. But if anyone wants to, if anyone wants to latch on, he'll, he'll allow you to as well. Uh, but anyway, it's Ireland versus Scotland this week. Um, okay, we've had a few calf strains, a few hamstring strains. Obviously, the IRFU uh, feeling a little bit of the pinch after going to Japan on a Ryanair flight for three days. <laughs> but at least we know why Dev Toner was left at home. <laughs> yeah, Joe, Joe's like, bring, bring the, the short South African fella instead. He'll be grand. What's his name again? <laughs> so when Ireland plays Scotland, I always feel like uh, we, we can't create that war vibe that we always want because we're too like there are friends, there are cousins, the cultures are too similar. It's like we're at a wedding and you may get in an argument with your friend or your cousin and it's like, nah, and then you, you just both kind of give out about creepy Uncle England. He's <laughs> kind of, you know, abused us for 800 years and stuff like that. It's like, fuck. Yeah, he's not even your uncle. He's the friend of the family. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Shut up, England, would you? Jesus. Having a row here at the bar. And one man that knows uh, more than both of us anyway and most of you about playing against Scotland and about playing against uh, in the World Cup is the only man who gives us any kind of credibility on this show, and it is Mr. Jerry Flannery. Put your hands together for a Fla, the penguins, the penguins, Fla. How are we doing? Look what my life has become. <laughs> <laughs> Last year I was coaching Munster. Everything was going so well. Now this shit. <laughs> we are so pleased that you have shown no backbone or <laughs> anything for coaching. We're so pleased it just collapsed down around you because we were just we were penguins this time last year and now look at us, we're on the stage with Fla. Yeah. You've got your jellyfish coach over here. <laughs> well, look, we've got some guests coming on tonight. We've got Dave Denton, we've got Emer Constantine. We've also got a very special guest in part two. Oh, I know Flaz getting pretty excited. Very about excited about it. it. Very excited. Control yourself there, Fla. Uh, before we, we're going to let you go down and mingle with the crowd, and we're going to get our guests on. Uh, but I want to get your, your prediction who's going to win the World Cup? If you were a betting man, if you were Rob Howley, who would you be? <laughs> too easy, too easy. Uh, if I don't I even want to know the question, the answer to the question. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> now go on, go on. If I was Rob Howley and I was betting my career, I would probably... <laughs> <laughs> I, I bet he's to... at home just like, come on, England. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be worth it. <laughs> I would have to go with Ireland. Would you? Come on! I'm getting on the buzz here. And the vibe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, okay, Fla, you've recently taken a, vote, a break from coaching. Come on board with us. Are you enjoying it? Yeah, I'm trying to rethink that call now and get back onto Johan van Graan and say, any chance you get me back in there, please? Quick, give him a pint. Give him a, give him a pint. Uh, well, okay, we're going to let you go down and mingle with the penguins. 
Is that don't right? Touch, don't touch any of them. <laughs> don't touch the penguins or they don't touch me. <laughs> don't touch Fla. Fla Keep your clippers lost. to yourselves, please. <laughs> Uh, okay, that's enough of that. We'll crack into our first panel of the night. Uh, first up is Munster and Ireland winger, has a background in GAA, dabbled in a bit of Aussie rules, is the pride of Clare, Miss Emer Considine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and uh, next up. <clears throat> He sounds like he was born in South Africa and he grew up in England, but would you believe it, he's actually Scottish. <laughs> David, <laughs> David Denton. Thanks, man. Now this work gets messy. Comfy. Emer. Fantastic rugby player, achieved so much on the pitch, but at the moment you've switched to analysis. You're, uh, you're on TV for the next few weeks, commenting on the World Cup, talking about the games. How has that change been for you? Are you excited? Nervous? Well, first up, I... what, what is analysis? <laughs> <laughs> You'll learn about it in June if you watch air during the World Cup. Um, I think everyone's probably sick of me at this stage from those air ads. If one more person refers to me as the Emanator, I actually Emanator. think that I, <laughs> yeah. I went back to work there a few weeks ago and I, I gave the girls one week and that was it. And Get it if, out it was, of the way. if it was mentioned after that, it was detention straight away. So, um, no, look, it's, it's good to be involved in it. It's much easier. I started off with TG Carr, so air gave me the ring and they were like... Um, any chance you can do the air, air work with us? And they're like, you know, we presume you can speak English if you can speak Irish. And I said, actually, yeah, quite a bit better. So I'm, I'll be looking forward we'll, to that. You'll be the judge of that now. <laughs> so <laughs> my English is hopefully better. Maybe my analysis, it was probably easier on the Irish channel because people genuinely didn't know what I was saying. You could have saying. said anything. So do you know what? I, like, <laughs> I got asked a question once, you know, has anyone ever given out to you about how much you slayed of them? I was like, nobody can ever understand me. So it hasn't <laughs> happened yet. So it's a good thing to start with. Okay. Make sure and help Tommy out now. I, I bumped into him in Belfast there a while back, and he had about 50 pages um, all spread out everywhere, scribbles. You couldn't read a word he was saying. And I remember he told me a story about last year. It was Lukey Fitz and Donica, and he got this message in his ear, and he's obviously like, <laughs> dealing with this conversation and then this conversation, and he got this message in his ear, and he thought he only had like 15 seconds to kill, and he told the fellas that. And then whenever it came through, whenever he was live, they said, Oh, by the way, you've got two and a half minutes to fill. <laughs> so we asked Luke something. That happened once before because some people are like this, yeah. and then that means wrap. I thought that meant wrap it up. So you hurry up your piece of analysis, and then sometimes it means keep going. So like, uh, then they they, need you to don't know which. So I'm really hoping that I'll figure out by the time I get on air on Friday that I um, that I figure out which that means. I'll actually have to clarify that now. Yeah, just thinking about that he, on Friday. He, he relied on Donica at the time. Uh, Luke Fitz did his bit and then turned to Donica and he says, what do you think, Donica? And Donica said, what he said. <laughs> so, but you know what? Sometimes it's so prepared that you're like, you're going to talk about this, you're talk about this, and then there is 15 seconds or a minute to spare. And you're like, sweet, my bit's over, blah, 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 blah. So you're not listening and it's in Irish. So then the question's like, blah, 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 Emer. And then you're like, oh, dear God, what? What is the question? And you just end up spoofing in Irish about something that has already been spoken about because so many times you're caught thinking, great, aced it, said my bit of analysis, and you get caught rotten. I bet you that's what you do to your students, though. 
What? Yeah. I bet you that's what you do to them. Yeah, yeah. You deserve that. I know that they're like not listening to me. Are you the teacher that says, what did I just say? Yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah, I actually am. Uh, yeah. <laughs> God, we can kind of relate to that when Pat is throwing tantrums behind the camera over here with us normally about what we said, and he's just, he knows he's going to have to edit out most of the show, so we can definitely relate to that. Uh, Dave, tough week for you, man. Um, retired on Monday after, look, an incredibly colourful and wonderful career. I think we both said earlier on, we love watching you play, um, and obviously it's been a tough few months for you. Can you talk us through how, how it's been this week? So we just, can you just, can you, it's, <laughs> we want you to be honest, just try and keep the buzz. <laughs> In interest of everyone not going to sleep, I'll keep this brief. Uh, yeah, obviously not ideal. I've, um, so I've been struggling with a head injury for the last 12 months, um, which has been brutal. And obviously a head injury is a very serious thing, even though you want to take the piss out of it. Yeah, so I retired last week or at the start of this week. And uh, obviously I'm just uh, trying to find my bearings at the minute. And um, obviously I'm going to miss playing rugby, but on the bonus I get to do things like this. So uh, long may it continue. We're yeah, very Dave, lucky to have you. Dave, honest, have yeah. you got um, a couple of uh, interviews lined up because you've just recently cut your hair? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to look more like you, mate. You had, you had, a, you had a Thor look before, didn't you? That's what some people have been saying. Yeah. Ponytail was a good look, but <laughs> you interview should wise, a ponytail. Uh, three man. kids, man. You can't have a ponytail of three kids. No. It's getting the way, is it? Yeah, well, no, it's just, it doesn't fit the image. <laughs> If I could, I would. Um, okay, so Ireland versus Scotland this weekend. Um, Eames, what's uh, have you any experience playing against Scotland? Like what I said earlier on about, is there a different vibe? You have to prepare yourself for, for someone that's not the enemy, or what's your experience with that? Yeah, my first cap was against Scotland over in a freezing cold February evening, and I was very new to rugby at the time. I'd only played three games at Munster before I actually made my, got my first cap, 15th. So I hadn't a clue of the rules. Um, so obviously, like, it's a great experience. You're getting your first cap and all that. But um, I remember at one stage, there was a kick, and I was chasing, and I, like, marked it as if I would for Gaelic football. I just stood in front of her, and instead of getting back five, and she threw the ball straight at me, and I was like, ref! <laughs> and then, like, obviously, I didn't know I was in the wrong, so, oh, I got fined big time for that at the start. But, oh. no, it was great to get your first cap over in Scotland. Um, and I suppose the one positive of this year was that it was our only win in the Six Nations, so look, it's been good every time I've gone to Scotland so far, but that's not really much of a positive so far. Yeah, okay. Dave, your experience playing against Ireland, uh, played a good few times against us, always brought your physical side. Um, what's your thoughts on the weekend? What kind of approach would you think Scotland will take, knowing Gregor Townsend, knowing the side? Um, what, would you, what would you expect? Yeah, I need to be careful here if I want to escape with my life. <laughs> yeah. But I, uh, I think from the squad that Greg has picked, he always speaks about wanting to play the fastest rugby in the world. And you can see that in the squad that he's picked, particularly in the back row and in the centres. He's picked players that are versatile, that are, di- that are dynamic instead of big lumps. And I think it's almost a contrast of games that we're, that we're going to see. And it's going to be a massive game first up. So I think... Scotland are going to try run as much as they can. They're going to try run Ireland off their feet. But on contrast, I think Ireland are probably going to try look at to go at Scotland physically. And 
if Scotland are going to do well in this World Cup, it's vitally important that we do win the physical battles because we are a slightly smaller team now, and that's by design. That's the game plan that Gregor wants to play. And I think particularly in the conditions in Japan, it, it could be a good way to play because it's going to be hot, mate. I played out there a couple of years ago, and it's a very, very tough place to play. So I think it can be effective. But again, playing against Ireland, you both know it. If, if teams make mistakes, they're going to crucify you. And I think it's important that Scotland really are clinical and uh, keep hold of the ball as much as possible. Mm. So when you say it's hard to play in those conditions, I've never played somewhere like that. Do you go out and approach the game differently? Do you try and conserve a bit of energy? Or is not, it just like, hell for leather, go for it? Not, you wouldn't try to conserve energy as a player, but I think this World Cup, uh, for all the teams, I think we're going to see a different... Um, the substitutions are going to be so important. I think you'll see the subs getting made earlier. Um, whole changes, I think, 60-odd minutes even before that, I think almost the whole benches will be empty. It's extremely humid out there. It's very hot. Uh, the ball's going to be very slippery as well, which doesn't really make a difference for the substitutions. But that's where I think this World Cup, more than any, your squad depth is going to be so important, uh, particularly the people that you have on your bench on, a, on any game day. You might, in the front row, you might be bringing guys on before 50 minutes because it's, it's, it's that tough out there. Mm. And what sort of uh, have you kept in touch with a few of the boys? Like, what sort of a preseason has it been? Has it been tough? World Cup preseasons are brutal, mate. They're yeah. always tough. And uh, the one bonus for them, there's not been a lot of straight straight line running. Uh, I've heard similar things about the Irish camp. I'm sure you'll tell me. But most of the fitness they do is in, is game based. It's with a ball in their hands, which is which is a nice relief for rugby players. In, in the past, the World Cup camps that I've done have been absolutely brutal. Straight line running very monotonous kind of stuff and it's really tough to get yourself up every day for stuff like that but when you've got a ball in your hands it seems easier but when you look at the meters that you're covering I mean, they, they, Scotland have a range of 25 touch games that they play that all the players need to know off, off by heart say so they can interchange between those games and they're put in high pressure situations under fatigue and that's Again, like I said, that's the way they're looking to play, so they reinforce that every single day. And are, and you, are you buzzing for the World Cup? Are you, like, <laughs> sometimes when guys finish, I know they, especially if it's not on their terms, they might be thinking, you know, kind of falling out of love with rugby a bit, but are you, like, excited about the buzz and looking forward to seeing Scotland go? Yeah, well? it, it's, it's been tough. I, uh, I didn't watch much of the warm-up games, I'll be honest, but the World, the World Cup's different. I think through this injury, I found it tough watching, but now that it's the World Cup, there's, there's always a lot of optimism behind it. all countries going into a World Cup. And as usual, there is a lot of optimism in Scotland. I'm, I am excited. I'm definitely going to watch it. And uh, I'm sure we'll do well. James, <laughs> what's your uh, first game that you've got to, to analyse and work on this weekend? The J Japanese against Russia game on Friday. <laughs> so I'll be um, working on my how Russian and working on my uh, Japanese ga yeah, games. Yeah, how do you pronounce their names? Like? Yeah, like... In fairness, there's quite a few in the Japanese team that don't have Japanese game names, which is actually saving me with the Russians. I think the majority of them are, are from Russian descent or from Russia them itself, so they're okay. pretty... Um, Can you pronounce the Japanese names in Irish? Can you do that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> I like absolutely. I like to see you smile yeah, that. Absolutely. I would tune in to watch that. Really easy. <laughs> That's my next challenge. That's next year's challenge. I think I have enough to do. Yeah. yeah. So what, like, what's it like analysing a game like that where people don't really know? Is it... Like, do you get in depth into players? Or do you I think it's just focusing around? on those preseason games that they've had and okay. 
as much many people will know Russia haven't been very successful in those games yeah. so I think it's just a matter of damage limitation for Russia like no one really wants to know about Russia but it just happens to be on the first day with the opening ceremony so I think that will probably take precedence and previewing the games more so than actually analysing the game I think it's just yeah. um, and obviously it's, it's Japan's first game in a home in mm. a home World Cup you know there'll probably be a huge crowd out there but it's just about I think just what kind of score are Japan going to put up against Russia really is the, is the big question and then the Irish game the weekend sorry you right? you're going to jump in <laughs> yours will be better the Irish game of the weekend <laughs> what are your thoughts on Ireland uh, and I the think, approach they might I think take if we can get clarification on the injuries at the moment it's kind of like who's going to start who's going to start in the wing will Earls be fit will Kearney be fit like I know Henshaw's obviously ruled out now so that mm. more than likely Ring Rose will start in the centre um, but again look we never know what he's going to do but it'll the conditions will be a big factor as well in who you play um, like obviously we've been trying to kick a game and if Conway's on the wing like if there's nobody in Ireland that will beat him for like Kearney yes a high ball like he's phenomenal in the air but then do you really want to kick it down on top of Stuart Hogg as well do you know mm. it's, it's looking at who you're playing as well and looking at the conditions and if it is going to be a slippery ball well then maybe kicking might be the option but there won't be much space you'll be everything will be tighter will be narrower there'll be a lot more phases to ball security in that so it might be as open a game as we actually want it to be if the conditions do plan like they like they're planning for if the, the storm comes like they're chatting about mm. uh dave your experience in the world cup as you said you've you've been there uh 2015 you were uh you were in that scottish side that was pretty robbed by Joubert against Australia in that quarter-final. Uh, can you talk us through that, what that experience was like? Yeah, mate, that was, that was brutal. Obviously, at the time, you kind of get, everyone gets caught up in their emotions and kind of uh, you start pointing fingers at the ref and things like that. And they, World Rugby came out and they did agree that it was a mistake, but the reality is the number of mistakes that we made in that game as well. You can't be turning your and pointing fingers at him for one mistake that he made. And, I think, on reflection, it's always easier to look back in these things. There were situations after we, so we scored, I think it was the 78th minute to take the lead. We had multiple opportunities to kill that game, uh, and we could have done better. But, look, I, it's, it was a massive opportunity missed for us, because we would have had uh, Argentina in the semi-final. The last four times that we'd played Argentina, we'd beaten them three times. So, in the last however many years, have Scotland had a better opportunity to get to a World Cup final? Now, against New Zealand in the World Cup final, I don't think we would have been able to win that. But getting there and get, for the first time, particularly for, well, for us, for me personally, it would have been incredible to be playing in a World Cup final. Uh, as we said, we're very supportive of any Irish player that, that, turn, that pulls on the jersey or anyone that has qualified for Irish or for Ireland. And you come in from a situation from... Zimbabwe, but your mum was from Scotland and then you ended up uh, playing for Scotland. Uh, firstly, how did your mum end up in, in Zimbabwe? How did that happen? Man, I don't, uh, mental, really. So, my, uh, I don't know why she left Scotland to go live on a farm in Zimbabwe. But, so, uh, my dad went to agricultural college in Siren uh, Sister and through friends of friends met my mum and she turned up home one day and told her dad that she was moving to Zimbabwe. Uh, and after he did a bit of Google work, he tried to stop her, but she moved out there and she lived on a farm. Her nearest neighbour, she went from living in the middle of Edinburgh to her nearest neighbour being 45 minutes away. Uh, so it was a hell of a change for her, but she's, uh, she's really embraced it and she loves it now. She loves living out there. I, uh, obviously, <laughs> the country's been, been in a better state, but they, uh, they're, they're not planning on leaving anytime soon. Wow. So had you already always uh, 
thought of the potential of playing for Scotland? Was that something you thought about growing up throughout school? Or Yeah, so probably when I went to senior schools, when I first started considering really being a professional rugby player, and it was then that that, uh, that sort of started coming into my thinking. And I, as, I, as I got into my final year, I just started firing out emails to a bunch of clubs, and I fired one out to the Scottish Rugby Union, and I was just like, listen, I'd, I'd love to come over and for you to give me a trial, basically. Uh, and yeah, they accepted and I came over to the three-month trial with them and uh, they signed me up into their academy and then the rest is history, as they say. And you assume, you assume it's someone's job to source people like you. So uh, I think it is someone's job <laughs> in the IRFU. <laughs> but it, it's strange that it actually just comes down to, you know, actually I'm Scottish, I might give that guy a shout and tell him I'm Scottish, okay, come over and play for us. Yeah. It's as simple as that. There's, there's definitely, now I know there's definitely people... Uh, specifically employed by Scottish Rugby to do that kind of recruitment. Scotland's a small nation and there isn't... Uh... That could be a job for you. Yeah, yeah, maybe it would be. Now that you've got your hair cut. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I know people are doing that, but I, I'd, I would have been surprised if at the time people were delving into the rural areas of Zimbabwe to find rugby players that could play <laughs> for Scotland. Well, what you were saying a while ago about like, if you actually got every Zimbabwean player that could potentially play for Zimbabwe, yeah. you wouldn't have a bad team like David Pocock. You named a few more. Yeah, I mean, been... Zimbabwe's produced some incredible rugby players. Like you mentioned, David, at, at the last World Cup, people like David Pocock, Beeston Tariwa, Brian Majati, we were talking about earlier, who played for the Springboks as well. Uh, a couple of American players. It's, it's all kind of around the same positions, but there's uh, a lot of really talented rugby players and cricketers, for that matter, playing for England at the moment that come out of Zimbabwe, but just the state that the country's in at the moment, no one's ever going to stay. For me, it was never even in my thinking. I knew when I finished school, I wanted to go over to Scotland and give it a crack there, and uh, I think that's what it is for a lot of people. What, what are your thoughts then of seven Scottish players uh, that weren't born in Scotland in the current squad? There's three in the Irish uh, squad, and there's a lot of chat over here about that. Uh, Gus Pichot, is it? Is mm. uh, he came out and Give a little bit of a douchebaggy comment on Twitter last week uh, when, uh, when the Irish squad was announced. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Obviously, you welcome it, I'm sure, but is there that much hassle over in Scotland over, over those I uh, think, rules? I think teams and people are always going to work within the regulations that are set out in front of them. So lengthening the residency to five years, I think, is a good idea because when it was one professional contract for someone to play for their adopted nation, what it did become a little bit ridiculous, but... I think where it is now, I think it's good because a lot of people do. They move over as school kids and they do. Whether they adopt that nation or they grew up supporting that nation, they, they should be allowed to represent them. And you mentioned Gus Pichot. I think at the last World Cup, Argentina were the only nation that was made up of players who were born in that country completely, which it just shows where, not only where rugby is, but where the world is. People, people don't stay where they're born. The world is a very globalised place at the moment. And... Mm to restrict it in professional sports w would be ridiculous. But I think as well, it's, people are happy to have them once they start performing, once they start proving themselves. Like CJ Stander, everyone will welcome him with open arms because of the years he's given to Irish rugby and what he's done and, and how well he's played. And I think just give Klein time and I think people are still on the toner bandwagon and I think they need to, Klein needs to just play well to get people on his side. And I think they might change after that. Amen. Absolutely. Could do it a few Olays, I'd say, could we? Yeah. <laughs> that was your job, man. Ole, 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 ole. Ole, ole.
Yeah, it's all down, it's all down. Pat, that's enough. Pat, behave yourselves. Could we get a pint? <laughs> Thanks, Pat. Producer Pat pints. Yeah. Producer Pat, everybody. Emer. Uh, do you like penguins? <laughs> These ones, yes. Would you I like, like to take one home? <laughs> Take one, one penguin to go home with. Sorry, not like that. I mean like a baby. <laughs> I mean like a pet. A pet. <laughs> Don't answer that. You'll get me a baller. Uh, okay, we asked Flower earlier on his prediction for World Cup winners. Uh, give us your head and your heart. I think the winner is going to come out of Pool B, whichever one can get out of it. Who's in Pool B? Pool B. <laughs> <laughs> it's not on the cards, man. <laughs> it's either going to be New Zealand or South Africa. I think whichever one can come past that quarterfinal stage will win. And each, the team that has to win has to win seven games in a row, so, or more than likely seven games. I think every other winner that has won the World Cup has to win seven games in a row. And Have they? Yeah. Is that a fact? Yeah. Fun fact. Sure. Yeah. Wow. There you go for the next thing. Every winner, actually. Write that down um, for Monday. So, um, <laughs> I think... <laughs> We'll edit that part out of the show tonight. <laughs> I think with maybe like with Scotland's consistency, they might lack a little bit in it. I think a few maybe like Ireland have to win seven games in a row, and if the injuries keep going the way they're going, I don't know. I can't be as positive as. as okay, as can't see any surprises. No, well, I just think it's going to be either New Zealand or South Africa coming from Pool B. Okay. okay, I don't know if you heard what we said. <laughs> we were on positivity here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we were certain Ireland were going to win the World Cup. Ireland are going to win the World Cup. Are we not, not going to win anymore? Win. No, apparently not. Oh. Emer says we're not, not going to win. They're not in Pool B. Believe. Please believe. Yeah. Uh, Dave, any ideas? Head and heart? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd, I'd love to say Scotland. I think it's going to be hard. I think, like you say, consistency is so key in these tournaments. And squad depth is going to be massively important. Like I say, I... Don't imagine this is going to be a popular choice, but I think either England or South Africa. Mm. <laughs> Old Uncle England, huh? <laughs> <laughs> he got to you. He got to him. Because he lives there. <laughs> he has to go home. Yeah, yeah that's very true. Um, so, any, uh, any immediate plans now that you've retired? Is it... Did I beat that for a while? Is it... <laughs> you had a bit of a you had a bit of a, a gap here last year, didn't you? You didn't play much rugby. You kind of you find uh, yourself. Yeah, I've, I've had a lot of time to think about things. Definitely, so I've played a lot of fantasy football. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've watched a lot of Game of Thrones. And I've watched uh, watched a lot of Love Island as well during the summer. Mm. And uh, champions, yeah, it, immediate World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> Immediate plans I haven't got at the moment. I'm going to take a bit of time off because I've been so busy. Uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, j just get healthy first of all. And then I, we're probably going to move back to Edinburgh. Edinburgh's home for us now, I think. We, we absolutely loved it there. And uh, yeah, I guess I've got to look for a real job. We could have had a, we could have had a job for you. We, we had a, a weekly Game of Thrones correspondent. And you would have been perfect for that. Well, are you going to bring it back? Well, over now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> were, you, were you happy with the finish? No, no, I thought it was dreadful. I think... Uh, That's the spirit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, when you've got hour-long episodes for eight seasons, I think you expect a little bit more at the end. So 
Uh, I personally, I was boring. I would have loved Jon Snow on the Iron Throne, but it didn't work out that way. <laughs> but uh, I hope Bran Stark was a bit of a... Sometimes I think they, they tried to be controversial for the sake of being controversial. Mm. And uh, I think pe people just wanted the main guy to be the king. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did you watch it? Is this no, going over your head? I actually have no clue what's happening here. 50% of our audience. I don't know audience. what I can fit it in here, so yeah. I'm with that 50% of the audience. I'm probably less that I haven't watched it ever. We've alienated a lot of people, I think, mm. with that. So. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. So what's the, what's the season looking like for you? Um, are you getting much training now with all your analysis and um, work? Or? Yeah, like we're in the middle of Interpros, so we play Ulster at the weekend. Um, not where we wanted to be. We lost to Connick last weekend in the mm. semi-final, so we're in like a B final on Saturday. Against Ulster, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't expecting it either. Um, so then once that, hap once that happens, we've got three November internationals. So we head to Scotland for a weekend, we head to France, and we play um, Spain as well. And three Novembers, and then it's Six Nations, and then World Cup qualifiers because of the last World Cup not going so well, we didn't qualify. So mm. a, busy, pretty, a busy 12 months or so trying to qualify for that World Cup in New Zealand, which will be cool. Yeah. Uh, well, look... Thank you very, very much, both of you, for coming on tonight. Um, lads, could you put, it, put your hands together for our first two panel guests, Emer Constantine and Dave Denton. You're listening to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on Joe, together with Guinness. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, we hope you're having a great night. Are you having a good night? Well, we'll move along with our uh, second panel of the night. Jerry Flannery is back on the couch with us. How are we doing, Fla? Good, good. Yeah, I enjoyed yeah. watching you squirm and try and talk about rugby <laughs> and not dildos and baby <laughs> Where shit. Where were first you? Half. Uh, look, we won't keep you waiting any longer, Fla. We know how excited you are. Will you do the honours? I'd love to. Um, we've been waiting. A very special guest. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together and give a warm, warm welcome for the king of Love Island and the sexiest bastard in the world, Mr. Greg O'Shea. With the music. What say we sit in silence and stare for 20 minutes? <laughs> Let's just enjoy this for a little bit. Just take it in. Just take it in. Oh, stop. <laughs> uh, look. Mary. Everyone has a story about like when they knew someone before they were famous, and we all knew you before you were famous. Well, maybe not. You, well, last room, you know. Yeah. Two of us knew you, obviously. Trump <laughs> <laughs> under the bus. I wish. My missus did walk in one time when I was watching Love Island and I was licking the TV, <laughs> 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 and she did wonder what was going on, but then then she saw Greg and she understood. So. You joined her then. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. everyone, everyone has a story about someone once they get famous, but we knew him. We knew him from way back. Before he was famous. I coached, I coached Greg, and yeah. I may not have been a very good coach, uh. but I knew, <laughs> I knew sexy when I saw it. 
I was out for dinner with my missus and uh, I said to her at the end of the meal, I said, I'd just like to get on to Molly's pub to a 21st. And she goes, you're, you're nearly 40. What are you going on to the 21st? <laughs> and I said, listen, when you go down to this 21st, you are going to thank me. And she goes, what? So we wandered down, walked into the door of Molly's bar, which is a kind of a disco bar for people around the 21 years of age. My missus came in. There he was in the middle of the dance floor in a collarless leather jacket. I turned around and said, look at that. And my missus goes, oh my God. He is one sexy bastard. I said, you're welcome. I coached this guy. And... uh, that was it. So way before he was king of Love Island, I knew this guy was sexy. I, yeah. I knew him before as well. When I first met Greg, um, he was getting a guitar lesson off my brother. And yeah. I remember uh, walking into the sitting room and I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Who is that? And I was like, well, man, what's the crack? And I said, let's leave you. And I walked out and I was there. It's like the best looking... I've never seen. That's, I remember those both stores very well. You came in looking like a fucking Peaky Blinder with the big long coat. Like, who's Don't the best? Slag me off, man. I'm in love with you. <laughs> <laughs> Unreal. Your missus is lovely, anyway. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this will ruin your nice guy image, man. If you start messing around with me, I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, and that, I remember you were playing with Monster at the time, and you walked in the door. I was in his family house. You were you were seven at the time. I was very young. <laughs> I remember, and I was like... He was seven. And you was... walk in the door, and I was like, oh my God, that's Barry Murphy. And I tried to play it so cool. He went over, did something on the computer, and left. I couldn't focus for the rest of the for The, rest the, of the guitar, guitar was yeah. bigger than him. Like, yeah. you literally... Have you ever seen anything more adorable? Get, get that man a guitar, lads. Yeah. Stop, stop. The place will go on fire. Now. The place will and go then, on fire if we give him yeah, a guitar. Yeah, Too yeah. sexy. So, sure, Trimble was one of my idols the whole way growing up in a rugby player stop, watching. Stop, it was no. not. <laughs> Honestly, so yeah, humble. so you used to watch you try and replicate the stuff you were doing, so this is an honour for me to be on the couches with you guys. Oh, God! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so flattered. That's why he's the king. That's, yeah. that's why he's the king, that's the way he, he makes you feel. <laughs> <laughs> so, as he said to me upstairs, I just went on a two-week holiday, and then this is it. This is what my life is now. Nuts, so, man. what's it been like? It's crazy, like, it's just, what I feel like I haven't earned any of this fame or any of this stuff. You've earned it, you sexy yeah. bastard. <laughs> Don't let anyone take that away from you. <laughs> All I did was go on a two-week holiday. It happened to be filmed like this with a load of random English people that are my great mates now. But it's just, I didn't know anything was going on in the outside world. I didn't know if it was going well. I didn't know if people hated me the whole lot. And I get great out. mates with all the people from Love Island. Uh, most of them. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like spoof to me. Yeah, yeah we're all great mates. Yeah. You seemed like great yeah, mates yeah. on the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then just came out and it all blew up. Um, but it's great to be back home now. I was away for nearly six weeks, including Mallorca and London. So I couldn't wait to get back to Ireland. Yeah. And what, what's it like now? You're back training. Uh, have you, you've gotten a job at 2FM, is that correct? Yeah, so I could have easily done the whole thing where... Um, moved to London and done like the other shows and nightclubs and the whole lot like most Islanders do but that's just not me I wanted to get home and, and uh, play with the Sevens ads because we're trying to get to the Olympics this year idiot yeah <laughs> <laughs> you need some yeah, career advice I Greg I know someone I needs know. to sit you down get to London <laughs> yeah, get out yeah 
So that's a big goal for me to try and get to Tokyo 2020. So I had to get home and three weeks into pre-season now, so the body's in bits. You all remember that. Um, but it's great. I'm loving it. And I'm starting an RT on Monday morning, 6 a.m. I have to be there for half five, but starting on the show for six o'clock. So, so that's the breakfast show with Dieran. With Dieran, yeah. So it's gonna, instead of Dieran and Owen McDermott, it's Dieran and Gregor Owen Shea, got yeah. the chop for you. <laughs> so it's like, ooh, don't be starting crap now. Here. <laughs> uh, Owen's doing the Australian Love Island voiceovers. So you know Ian Sterling, who does the UK one? Okay. Uh, Owen McDermott's one for Australia, so it's a great gig for him. They need a replacement, so I'm going in for nine weeks. Well, yeah. God, we can't wait to hear you. I suppose yeah. we can't see you. She'll be up with the new twins at that time, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so we grew up around the corner from each other. Our mothers played golf together. Our yeah. fathers played rugby together yeah. um, against each other, really. Yeah. So, I mean, you are as kind of limerick and as wholesome as, as you come across. Yeah. Um, I think that's why people have, have grown to you so more, kind of supported you so much. Um, are you feeling that by the whole over Ireland? Is there anyone that's kind of, you feel any haters or anything like that? No, or? so I'm definitely, since I got home, it's been all positive. I haven't got one piece of crap off any Irish person. I'd be walking down the street and a little girl would come up to me and be like, oh, I love you, I love you. And then an old man across the road would be like, oh, why the kid for a blade show? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's all great. I'm getting a bit of a hate now after the last couple of weeks off of uh, people over the water, but being home is great. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uncle England. Uncle England. Yeah, yeah. He's at it again. He's pissed. I don't know oh. which way over the water you're going, but that's all I'm saying. Uh, so they're giving you a bit of hassle Thank over you, there. A little bit, a little bit, but like, um, maybe you say I'm just an Irishman, true and true, and I couldn't wait to get home. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the lowdown on the love life? Is this? So at the moment I'm uh, I'm I'm single. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm. Um, but thank you, Brian. Oh, brilliant, thank you. I'm keeping the head down, trying to... I'm supposed to be in the FE1s next month, and I have the pre-season, so my schedule's really packed out. With RT coming up, don't really have much time for the old love life at the moment. Okay. Um, but we'll get back there eventually. I'm only young. Sure you are, Jesus. So you've got yeah. your law exams in a month? Next month I'm supposed to do in the FE1s, but with everything that's happened the last couple of weeks... I've kind of been not really putting much time into the study, so I might have to be more realistic and push them out. If anyone's ever done the FE1s, you know it's not just a willy-nilly thing you do. Um, <laughs> I thought you were looking for some, like, cheat notes there or something <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyone throw this up? So there's a lot in my plate at the moment, but man, it's great. I'm, I feel like one of the luckiest men in the world. Like, it's two-week holiday and look what happened, like, so it's great. Yeah. Jesus, no Greg, um, you'll never do those law exams. <laughs> no, it's not going to happen. Maybe, maybe not, maybe not. I'm Hopefully sorry. not. Yeah. yeah, so... You really... Uh, I get a job on Joe.E, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Full-timer. So uh, don't so replace me, replace one of these two. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually phenomenal that you could be, in, in two years' time, you could have a gold medal from the Olympics, you could be the king of Love Island and a qualified solicitor. Yeah, could easily be, man, yeah, yeah. The world is your oyster. Right? I'd have I wouldn't to do to be you. <laughs> I'd have to have a work rate like you, Flad, to get that, but we'll see. Nah, we'll you're too sexy, man. You. <laughs> <laughs> Just comes easy to sexy bastards like you. I have to struggle for it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what's, your, what's your working week like at the moment? You're up at half five. 
into the breakfast show. Yeah. What's training like for the Irish Sevens? So as a Monday, I'll be in RTE Studios for half five, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. After I finish at nine o'clock, I go out to Blanchardstown where there's a new institute, indoor pitch, everything. Train with the boys for, for the afternoon. Harry's one of the lads um, with the Sevens team. Go on, Harry. Harry McNulty, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. So that's it and then trying to fit in stuff around that like so I'd, I'd Bank of Ireland gig for this delighted I could get over here and work with you boys for tonight and it's just great man trying to fit it in cool yeah yeah. it's Fair madness play. but it's good yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, World Cup coming up this weekend are you glued yes. to that as well can't wait for it you Something getting any, any nice little nixers out of it I have a couple of uh, gigs. I'm doing some stuff at RTE, building up into it now. Um, it's everywhere, yeah. everywhere. It's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing some 60-second analysis of Scotland and Japan, so after this, I'm going to have to get some tips off you, lads. I don't know what <laughs> I'm talking about. Not not <laughs> you don't have to do anything, man. You just show up and just be you. Just talk. <laughs> talk, talk, talk. Yeah. So, um, but I can't wait for it. See the boys get at it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah no, definitely. it's exciting times. I think yeah. uh, we'll all agree with that. Uh, so, when you were over there, let's get back to the island. Yes. That's what everyone wants to know about, yeah. No right. one's here for rugby, it's just the <laughs> What the fuck was that like? Crazy. How it's mental. How did it come about? I remember meeting you on Christmas Eve in, yeah. in, in our local pub last year, and we sat down with a pint, and I was chatting away, and you had this twinkle in your eye. Did you, did you know then? I didn't know back then. Ah, no. bullshit, I knew so the time uh, I met you in the Kirk Hour, though, a couple, oh, yeah. couple of months later, I knew then. You knew but, then. Um, they got on to me on Instagram in February asking what I do with the interviews. So I was like, yeah, why not? Like, you know, be, uh, be a bit of fun, be a bit of crack. I never thought I'd get through the stages. Kept going, bring me to London, meet the executives, all this stuff. And they offered me the starting lineup, which is the start of June. And I went to the director of rugby with Sevens, and he was like, well, obviously not. Like, yeah. <laughs> 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 so I was going to cut that no one. How do you even broach that conversation? Oh, Can I have a word with you about what? Ah, oh, just this Love Island <laughs> thing. <It's> like, <laughs> Come on, people are like, what? Man, the conversation was less than 30 seconds. Like, it's so okay. funny. But then I made my piece to it. I wasn't going on, and it was grand. I had my sevens and the law, the whole lot. I was fine with it. I watched the show for six weeks as a fan, like everyone else does. And they rang me then two days before we had the Olympic qualifier in Toulouse, going, look, Greg, we really want you on the show. If we push the deadline to the 15th of July, will you come in? I was like, yeah, but you're going to have to fly me from Toulouse. I'm with the lads, the team, and the whole lot. Like, grand, we'll fly you from there. So it was all very last minute. I, only person that knew was my best mate that I live with, because he had to do my Instagram, social media. And then I told my parents, literally the Sunday morning before I flew the Sunday evening, and just went in. Gone. Yeah, gone. So it's all very last minute stuff. And were they like, totally supportive? Not at all. It? They didn't want me doing it in <laughs> at all. Yeah. My parents and my sisters were like, not a chance, man, are you doing that? Like, you'd make a fool of yourself. Like a couple of lads happened to do on the island. Like the guy that said that bad, vulgar thing towards Mora. Remember him? Yeah, like, which, yeah sick. Tom, yeah, so. <laughs> that was my, my parents and my sister were worried I would slip up like that, but thankfully I didn't, and I ended up winning the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Can you ever imagine going on off the ball? Off the ball, off never. The ball. It's all Joe that he, he won't get <laughs> So, whoa, whoa, whoa. Go back there now a second. So, yeah, all right. All right. Uh, Let's get down to it. 
So do you not get any tips going into the island? Like, I would have thought you'd be prepped for that for ages. So like. did I, man, right? Yeah. Going over. And I, right? <laughs> Honestly, this is the biggest... Try your shoelace. I know, this is the biggest thing that caught me about going in. I was like, oh, ITV, biggest show in British Isles. Obviously, they'll make me look amazing going on, clothes, the whole lot. They were like, oh, yeah, bring your own suitcase of clothes, and you're going straight in when you get there. I had the beater tan. Did you ever see that? Like, oh, I was like, I beat beater tan. I had a heat rash. I was all scraped from playing the tournament. Uh, and they were yeah. like, yeah, you're going straight in. I was like, all right, grand. And, uh, you're just fishing for compliments now. <laughs> no, I, was going, yeah. oh, I look Wait, terrible. I, just, I look terrible. I just noticed you whitened your teeth. They're gorgeous, by the way. Beautiful. It worked. You were right for me. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but then every, every Wednesday in the villa, they do what's called a drop. And they bring in clothes you. So they have Greg's box full of clothes and a whole lot. And um, then you start gathering stuff the whole way through. So the lads that had been there from the start had loads of clothes. Okay. Um, but it was grand, man. I just went with the flow. Like, she was just wearing shorts every day anyway. Like, so it's grand. You'd love that. <laughs> yeah, I would. <laughs> so yeah. what's, what's the crack like when you're like, on camera all the time? Is it you feel like, oh, fuck, everyone's watching me? It's 24 hours, man. Like, literally, when you're sitting on the bog, you're, there's a camera in your face. Like, that close to you, you're sitting out going to the toilet and you're looking at it. <laughs> Honest to God, it's crazy. And, but they kind of have to do that for security reasons and make sure they don't miss anything. But the maddest thing that... Uh, <laughs> A <laughs> couple of lads got caught doing a bit of stuff in the bathroom. Um, what? But, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, not in that now. Um, but uh, the thing with the villa, I don't know if you know, there's, time doesn't exist in Love Island. You don't have any clocks. You never know what time it is, which is a bit weird at the start, I thought. But then it makes sense because if I was like, oh, it's four o'clock in the morning and I'm erect, I'd just be sitting there giving nothing to the show. But if I don't know what time it is, you don't really know what's going on, you're kind of still chatting away the whole lot. And you go to bed when you're told to go to bed, you get up when you're told to get up. And so there was one stage when we got woken up, it's as bright as this, and I was like, there's no way we got more than two hours sleep. I was like, there's no, not a chance. Like, you know, I'd be used to tracking your sleep and stuff. And I asked one of the producers at lunchtime, I was like, go on, how much sleep did you give us? And they were like, yeah, two hours last night. And then, like, it's crazy, man. To make wow. you cranky. I don't know, the reason maybe just to make us grumpy, to get more filming in, stuff like that. But then another stage, you give us 12 hours sleep. So it balances out throughout the week, but they're trying to make a show like so. So can you yeah. not get out of bed when you want? No, no. You go to bed when you're told to go to bed, you get up when you're told to get up. Do they have a gym there? Do they have some exercise? There's a, little, uh, there's a little gym in the corner. It uh, goes up to 30 kg dumbbells. You have to be creative. And I used to run across the garden cool. to get some conditioning in. So it was 25 meters across, and I just do shuttles to try and get it done. So Ovi used to join me, and Anton used to join me. Um, <laughs> there you go. So yeah, I got the training in as well. Yeah. Wow. And until they don't give you any, sorry. Right, cooking wise. I never saw you cooking. Yeah, that's a good, good question. I saw you making right. tea and winning everyone over. But. <laughs> yeah, easy one. In the morning, they're basically like, look, you can make breakfast if you want. Um, so you always saw Ovi making eggs in the morning, doing his thing. And then at lunchtime, there's an hour where they bring in catering and uh, you get your meal. And the same with dinner time, you get your meal. But they separate the boys and the girls, not allowed to speak to each other or talk anything about what's called the process. And uh, you just talk talk crap um, for an hour for lunch and dinner and then you go back into it again but you always have your mics on so mm. there'll be times when uh, the lads will be like so go on how many followers do I have kind of thing <laughs> so I knew everything coming in from the outside world oh, yes. right. uh, and, uh, outside world and I'd be like I know isn't that crazy another thing. planet like yeah. and, uh, and another th thing was um, Tommy asked me oh did my brother win his fight like Tyson Fury. Fury and I was like yeah. and I got killed for it did you? They were like, what? You can't be telling them stuff from the outside world. Like, yeah. Oh, fuck. 
She yeah. could have gone in and fucked with their heads like. I could have messed it up. Yeah. I could have made up complete, complete uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Boris Johnson's Prime Minister. Fuck's yeah. <laughs> 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 sake. Oh, that was gas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so they don't tell you going in there like, you, we want you to hook up with this girl. We want no. you to be. That's, they don't give you tactics how to win it. They didn't want no. you number to be the ones. No, so what you go, usually what happens is you, you fly over and you do what's called lockdown, you've probably heard about that, where you do a certain amount of time secluded from society, so you've no phone and you're away in a hotel with one person that chaperones you. So Danny, if you remember Danny, he did three weeks of that um, because he forgot his passport, so he had to go get his passport and all that. Um, he did three weeks? He did three weeks of secluded away from society in a hotel, yeah. That would wreck Make you insane. Say. Yeah, crazy. Maura did two weeks of it. I only had to do one night because I was so late going into it. <laughs> <laughs> so I literally just stayed in a hotel for a night without my phone and then went in the next day. Wow. But they asked me that night going, so who do you want to go on a date with? And I was like, well, obviously Amber, but they were like in two dates. So I was like, oh, who else is left? And uh, they were like, well, Joanna's been kicked out. Um, so, so you have Maura, whoever, whoever. And I was like, oh, Maura be good crack. She's Irish. So then I had the two dates then. Yeah, oh. so it's all, you have your own autonomy to do what you want, mm. but it's just, they kind of push you towards stuff to make stuff happen, like, but it's all your own words and your own actions. Like Jordan, when he did that thing to Anna, was completely his own actions. That's yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. 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 He lost his head completely. Yeah. Well, I'm, yeah. I, I'd say it happens, like, people, you, you'd go a bit crazy in there, right? If you're in there for longer than, it is, than, yeah. than the guys, he was in there from the start, right? He was, yeah, he? yeah. yeah. He's, he's a good mate of mine now, and we just kind of laugh about it. Like, he'd been in there for six weeks, and he was just like, man, I was just starting to lose my head. Like, I don't know what I was doing. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, he, he's actually a gentleman. He just was all getting at him a bit. And then, because I was only in there for 13 days, so, so you can't really be complaining about that. Like, it was just in the door. Yeah. And you should, you should write the book on how to win Love Island. Literally. <laughs> yeah. It's phenomenal. It like, I, I, I watched it the year before, like, intently, because I was on holidays, and there was just a World Cup, and then there was Love Island. So I was just watching it all the time. And then I was just... My missus just goes to me, she goes, did you see on Twitter that Greg, Oil Greg O'Shea... <laughs> Greg Island. Let's <laughs> <laughs> go into O'Shea Island. <laughs> Greg O'Shea is just going to Love Island. I said, what? Because, like, yeah. I knew you, so, like, I keep dropping that into everyone. I know him. I know him. <laughs> but it was yeah. just, like, to, to know you and for what I thought was a stereotypical Love Island contestant to you, like, a dude who's, like, really, really professional, a fantastic rugby player, a really good guy... And studying very intelligent as well. I appreciate that. It's just yeah. it's uh, it was surreal, and then for you to win it like it was it made me feel like oh because normally I kind of go oh people that win this are generally dicks, but, <laughs> but I went no Greg is actually the best guy you could ever come across. Yeah, now. I appreciate that, Flat. Thanks. Yeah. 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 Thing, I, I, sorry about that. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Haven't seen him in so long. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're literally yeah, the, yeah. the first person that's melted Flav's heart. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> His children don't get that compliment. <laughs> <laughs> me and Flav go back years, to be fair. But that, a lot of people said it to me. Like, I would have never watched Love Island until I heard an Irish lad was on it. And they tuned in and they, and they loved it. But I think what really worked for me was that I was so different to the English lads and I just stood out like a sore thumb that was kind of more interesting for people maybe. Um, just, and, but like, it would have been like anyone going in. I think any Irish lad, when he going in, it's just the kind of, we take everything in our stride, a bit of banter, and it, it worked. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it just worked out great, man. I'm very lucky. Okay, and any, like there's been 
talks of people suffering psychological problems from going into that, that island, from, from what you face when you come on the, you know, get on the outside and the attention you get. And, like, yeah. Is there anyone weirding you out at the moment, first of all? And I then do you worry from, about Apart that? from flat. <laughs> <laughs> A weird one the other day, actually. I was uh, over in Dundrum. Uh, I live just beside Dundrum, buying something. And, uh, Don't tell people that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be, just well, a load of penguins outside. <laughs> <laughs> And, Flap it around. Uh, she works for the store. I was walking home then, just around the corner, and a girl followed me home, which was a bit creepy. That's kind of the creepiest thing that's happened so far. Followed me literally to my front door. Nice. Um, but she, she ended up, <laughs> yeah, she ended up being like perking up then towards the end, and we had a conversation. She was, she was fine. She wasn't crazy, like, but it was weird. Yeah. She, wow. she perked up towards the end. Was she quite dour at the Man. beginning when she was following you? Weird. Twenty like, meters no crack out of her. Like, come on, thing. will you? Give me yeah. something. It was like, so weird. She didn't say anything until we got to the door, and then she. I was like, Greg! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> As if it wasn't Greg the last 10 minutes, like, you know. Uh, so that what was. did I know where you lived, obviously? Yeah. So Parvish knows where I live now, okay. yeah. Okay. Um, but no, everything's been so great since I've been home. Okay. Um, yeah. You don't worry about long term, like, getting this attention, how it's going to yeah. affect you, or how does it affect your day to day living? Is it yeah. starting to grind your gears at all? Or? It, it is. Like, I'm not going to complain about it. Like, people would take. A, a limb off for the opportunities that I have now. Like, so I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh no, I don't want to be all these opportunities and followers. It's great. It's amazing. But it's just a bit weird for me now because I'm walking down the street and people are recognizing me and stuff. Um, so I just kind of have to, have to be like ready for that and not be ignorant, do you know what I mean? Because everyone's so nice and yeah. take the moment to take the photo because it's all going to end eventually, do you know what I mean? There's going to be new islanders in January with the winter of Ireland, new islanders in July again. So it's just, it's a, it's a process and I'm just in it at the moment. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's about to get weirder because uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fla has a quiz that he wants to do with you. <laughs> Actually, first of all, someone told us today that you might be doing a calendar, a 2020 calendar. First I heard, we're having a Joe.e calendar. That's an idea. You should do a calendar. You should. Someone told it's you four to do a months calendar. here. Are you not doing a calendar? No. That is such spoof. Yeah, that calendar. is such spoof. I'm not. When did you hear this? 100%. You're going Christmas to do a calendar. Christmas Greg. <laughs> Christmas Greg just wearing a stocking. Easter Bunny Greg. Not first I've heard of it. I'll do What's it. What's your best month? Uh, I don't know, July probably. One fifth, one fifth. Give us July. Just give us a little bit of July. Just the polls. No, give us a little bit of July. <laughs> give us a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> take it off, 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 take it off. Come on, he's not like that. He's not like the rest of them. He's different. I had my top off for long enough. Though. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. So Look, off. I was interested, genuinely interested, to see how you're balancing full-time pro rugby. Obviously, getting this new gig as an RTE. Uh, 2FM DJ in the breakfast show and then having your F1s, FE1s, yeah. you know, how, how you're balancing it all and, and to get all that later, don't start laughing at me. Over here. <laughs> it's, a, it's a hard enough job uh, and to see how you balance it all and then, you know, Baz has teased it out of you, but there's so much of it that I, I just put a little quiz together. <laughs> you know, just a few little questions to see if maybe you were spoofing us. Did you come up with this yourself? I came up with it myself. You wrote it yourself. I wrote all this material Good. myself. Because I know you, man. I know yeah, what you man. Like. Let's okay. go. Shh, shh. Uh, okay. I hope you catch me out. A day in the life of Greg O'Shea. It's 7 a.m. 
and the alarm is going off. What does Greg do next? A. I want you to answer which one you're, you, is most likely for you. Okay. A. I get up, I have a pee, and I brush my teeth. <laughs> B. I bang out 100 push ups and I down a protein shake. <laughs> C. I throw the alarm clock across the room and go back to sleep because I'm Greg O'Shea and I don't get out of bed for less than 10 grand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that second answer is what you actually do every morning. A, B, or C, Greg. A, B, or C. When f- last year when Flower was with Munster and I was in Munster, he, their story... It's not C because we paid his agent <laughs> and he's way out. more than 10 grand. <laughs> story Let the man talk. And then we kill, he gets up every morning and does it four sets of 50 push-ups, you big weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. What's weird about that? That's so weird, man. But it's class. Fair play to <laughs> The first He's one, man. patronizing <laughs> me now on stage. I can't even get angry at him. Um, Next up. He yeah. didn't answer the question. It's the first one. I'm born. Get up and get into the shower and get to training. It's bullshit, bullshit man. Bullshit. It's, quest- it's C. <laughs> okay. Question number two. Next up. It's breakfast time. What's a typical Greg O'Shea breakfast? A. I pop on Lyric FM, have a nice cup of tea and a slice of toast. RT2 FM. B. <laughs> I head down to the training centre and join my teammates for an egg white omelette and some pre-workout supplements. <laughs> C. My PA brings me a double espresso, which I down on my way into RTE Studios, where I get Ryan Tuberty in a headlock and start my big, fat, juicy contract on The Breakfast Show. (laughs) Because I'm Greg O'Shea and I don't give a shit about RTE's financial difficulties. (laughs) That's excellent. As a Monday, it's going to be C. Okay, we're nearly at the end. That's funny. Work is done for the day, it's time for dinner. What's Greg up to now? <laughs> that's not Greg's voice, that's my voice. Okay, A. I head home with a nice stew prepared by celebrity chef Kevin Dundon that Dahi O'Shea held on to me from the one show earlier that day. <laughs> B. A few of the lads call over and we all help out with dinner before we get down to some goal setting for the Sevens team across our calendar year. That's cute. And C. <laughs> I head into town for a dinner arranged by my agent with Madonna and Bono. (laughs) During the meal, the paparazzi show up, so I start shifting them both because that guarantees me massive media coverage and I'm Greg O'Shea and I'm better than all of you plebs. (laughs) I I wish it was the last one, but it's it's probably... (laughs) Want to shift Bono? (laughs) Who wouldn't want to shift Bono? Uh, True, yeah. yeah. Uh, That's, That's so... That's the, the possibility, like. Yeah. That's the reality, like. Bono, that could be your life, though. He was at Electric Picnic, and I wanted to meet him so badly, I couldn't find him, no. Couldn't find him. I thought I'd never You were at Electric something. Picnic, were you? Were you there? No, were you the guy that attacked O'Connell? <laughs> <laughs> that, that wasn't me. him. Um, yeah, I'd love to meet him, but he's next level. Bono is just, like, treasure of Ireland, like, isn't he? Yeah. yeah what? Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> You'll get there, man. You'll get there. Just yeah. go on holidays next year. God knows what'll happen. That's it, John. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. I'll join Hermitage Green and start singing. It'll be grand. Anytime, man. Um, Trimby's going to come on our next tour and be our drummer. What? Um, why, why, why you look so concerned? <laughs> you drum. <laughs> I dabble. <laughs> Did you keep up the guitar when you got those lessons off my brother? I do play you a little bit myself. You got and binned it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was just staring at him. <laughs> <laughs> I do a little bit myself, yeah. Just, in, in, just like... 
playing away, but I'm definitely not good. Like, you know, I Would just you like to start it. a band, you and me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we take on them. Permanent blue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. Very good. Well, look, uh, is that a good enough surprise guest for you, ladies and gentlemen? Yeah. Uh, I think so. Greg, uh, thank you so much for coming on, man. It's been a blast Thanks seeing for you having me, lads. after yeah. what an unbelievable summer you've had. And Crazy. you're still a true gent. So <laughs> massive round of applause for Greg O'Shea. Thanks. Thank you. All right. That's kind of it, Penguins. You had a good night? Yeah. Yeah. We still think Ireland are going to win the World Cup? We do. That's the belief we want. Uh, Thank you to everyone that was involved in organising tonight. Uh, Thanks to Pat. Thanks to all the uh, Open Gate uh, brewery staff. Thanks for pulling delicious pints. We've had a great time. Uh, All our friends at Guinness, of course. Official sponsors of Belief for the Ireland team. uh, As the only way we're going to win in Japan is if we believe. It's possible. That's an empty pint. (laughs) (laughs) So, which way is east? (laughs) Due east point. Anyone? Anyone nerdy enough to know that way? They're over there. Uh, Will we raise a glass to the Irish team, lads? Come on, Ireland! Thank you all very much. Thank you. This has been Baz and Andrews, House of Rugby. Here on Joe, together we get it. You were listening to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on Joe, together with Guinness. Drink responsibly. Visit drinkaware.ie for the facts.